What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Unsportsmanlike Podcast. Howdy, howdy. We got another fun one for you. We're going to jam-pack this bad boy with non-quarterbacks. It's going to be a good time. Offensive skill position players is the name of the game today. Since we have been slacking and not been able to record for about a week now, again, some scheduling issues, but we're, we're going to power through it. We're going to get you to the draft. So uh, let's let's get started. We're going to start. On. Before we start, we do have some news that happened in the NFL while we were gone. That's fair. Sam Darnold is now a Carolina Panther. Carolina. I think that he's going to do great out there, man. I hope so for him. I think he's a big winner of the deal. Like I said, we don't need to talk about it too much. They gave up a six-rounder this year and a second and a fourth next year, which, I mean, getting a second for Sam Darnold's a win for the Jets, I think, at this point. And, you know, we'll see what Darnold does in Carolina. Uh, Apparently, Matt Rule's a big fan of him. Uh, When he interviewed for the Jets job a couple years back, that was – Something he really liked that he'd have Darnold to work with at quarterback. That's fair. But. I think it'll work out well for both sides. I think Sam having a line and some receivers and some weapons to throw to. I mean, he's got Christian McCaffrey for Christ's sake. Right. Yeah, that's going to, it's going to, it'll be good for him. Um, hopefully, you know, um, does this take Carolina out of drafting a quarterback at I don't number think so. eight? I, I think it does. I think if anything, they'll just, I mean, because they've already publicly acknowledged that they're going to pick up his fifth-year option. I don't know how much that's for, for a quarterback, but it's, I mean, it's not cheap. So, I think maybe, if anything, this just means they're going to wait a year on a quarterback and fill some other needs this year. The thing that I could possibly see happening is them possibly even moving back in the first round. Because they've already said that Teddy's got some interest and they're giving him permission to seek a trade. I think that you need to have more... I don't even know who their third quarterback is. Is it Philip Walker still or P.J. Walker? Um, I believe so. I don't think you want P.J. Walker as your backup if Sam Darnold doesn't work out the way you want it to. Yeah, I mean, Walker played well. I think he got in a game or two this year and played okay. I mean, he wasn't terrible. Um, but, yeah, I get, I get what you're saying, but I still I think they're uh, – they, at least they're not taking a first-round quarterback this yeah, year. Yeah, I think if they stand pat at eight, which they should – they're not going to go quarterback. But I think if something happens where one of those guys is there at eight, whether it be a Mac Jones or Trey Lance, because I am still firm on Justin Fields to San Francisco. It's not happening. We'll see what happens. Tell me that Mac, <laughs> that, that Mac Jones hype is real. I don't know. I still think it's a little bit of smoke. I think that he's definitely an option, but I don't think that they're going to... I At least I really hope they don't. Listen, I am the ultimate smoke buyer. Last year before the draft... When everybody was saying that the Dolphins actually liked uh, Herbert better than Tua, I completely bought into that. And when I did my mock draft last year, I had the Dolphins taking Herbert. And the Chargers taking Tua. Now, listen, worked out for well for the Chargers. I don't know if Tua was their guy originally or not. Um, a lot of people think Miami threw up that big smoke screen just to deter the Chargers from trading up to get Tua so that they would still get their guy who was Tua. And not have to give up any assets. That's so, fair. I mean, like I said, worked out well for the Chargers so far. I'm definitely not mad about it. Yeah, no. Um, so I, I, I'm one who likes to buy into the smoke. Um, you know, we'll do a mock draft right before the draft, but there's a couple smoke picks that I've already bought in on. So, um, we'll see. But like I said, I think this puts Carolina in a position to take one of those two blue chip offensive linemen. Honestly, that's fair. Yeah. Um, but. 
with that being said, let's get to everyone's favorite position, the running backs. For some reason. Um, <laughs> honestly, I, I'm a little upset that the running back has kind of lost its lux in the NFL. I don't know if it's necessarily lost its lux. Well, you got to think. Old school football was run it up the gut and play defense. Well, yeah, picking a running back top five was a regular occurrence. Exactly. Right now, so now that the you know everything is centered around teams get scolded for picking them in the first round. Exactly. Sometimes and the second round. You know. It's one of those things where they've definitely lost a little bit of their value, um, both in the contract department and obviously on the field, just because everything is so quarterback heavy and throw the ball, throw the you ball. You know, I legitimately feel bad for running backs. I do. Because, I mean, they're kind of screwed as far as, like, contracts go. Um, they're always going to be on the short end of the stick, I think, now. Um, because here's the thing. A running back's prime... It's it's not long, and some of those prime years are spent in college. So there's sorry about that. Very few uh, running back prospects really come out and get a good second NFL contract. You know, it's very rare. Um, will there be some people in this draft class who can change it? Maybe. There's a couple guys I like, and I think we're about to highlight them. I think for me personally, everybody's you know gassing up Najee Harris, but I personally like Travis Etienne better. Travis Etienne is my number one back, too. And I'm just going to say right now, the burst is really what gets me. Um, he's was electric at Clemson. You know, every play I saw him make there was just phenomenal. He is today's NFL running back. He's definitely a bigger home run threat, I think, than Najee Harris. Right. Um, like you said, I mean, the guy is just so quick, and he accelerates through the hole really fast. Um, for me, I think the biggest thing was that he kind of worked on his passing game a little bit more, uh, his route running, catching the ball a little bit better as well. Right. And so like I said, to me, that's what makes him today's NFL running back. 100%. That's what teams want. They don't want the pure runner. They want the receiving threat, too. Um, he runs through contact very well, I will say. And he's got okay size for a running back. He's 5'10", 215, so that's about what you want. Um, he does have some weaknesses. Sometimes he gets caught looking for the bounce out. You know, it's... Other than that, I mean, what do you think about him? I mean, I'm, I'm with you on the bounce out. He does try to bounce it outside a little bit too much instead of taking what's there and kind of like trying to run through contact. Um, like you said, he does have really good balance, so I don't know why he wouldn't try to at least, you know, throw a shoulder into a guy and hope to get a couple more yards. Right, and um, also found this interesting. He hasn't had a game with 20-plus carries since 2018, which is kind of surprising to me. But, I mean, I don't... If anything, I think that would actually make me like him more, honestly. Um, less wear and tear on the body, but... I mean, yeah, Travis Etienne is going to be a great weapon for somebody, I think. I think he might sneak into the late first um, as much as we don't like drafting first-round running backs. Mm -hmm. um, he could even slip into the early second. I think if he slips into the early second, you got to look at one of those teams at the top that wants to completely redo their offense. Yeah, like, I mean, I could see maybe Jacksonville trying right. to reunite him with Trevor Lawrence at the top of the second round. Um, like I said, he does have some weaknesses. I'm... 
it's not the best lateral runner, but again, I as far as running back prospects go, he's my favorite in this class. I agree. Who do you have second, Najee? I have Najee second. Okay. I figured. Seems like everybody would do that. Um, he's bigger than Travis Etienne. He's 6'2", 230. Um, they're both seniors. Um, what do you think about Najee Harris? He reminds me a little bit of Derrick Henry coming out. It's not... Not quite the powerful. Not quite one. as powerful, but the guy's catch radius is insane. He's made himself a better pass catcher just because we didn't see a ton of him out of the backfield when he was there with Tua. Okay. Uh, I think, personally, Najee Harris is going to be a very good back in the league. I don't think that he's the best back in this class, though. Uh, no, and I've seen some people say that it reminds him of like a Matt Forte, which, I mean, that's fine. Matt I think Forte, that's fair. Matt Forte was a good player. He's another big boy, too. Yeah. Um, he's got good catch radius, um, but he's not the fastest guy on the field. Um, he's not a burner by any means. For me, he's one of those guys that is kind of like that old school back. Yeah, no, his size, his size and strength will translate to the NFL well, I think. Yeah, I think he's going to be the opposite of Travis Etienne in the fact that he's going to drop a shoulder and try to get those extra yards, and, you know, in the trenches. Right, he had a lot of broken tackles last year. Like you said, there's a lot to like about Najee. I think he'll be a good back in the league for a while. Um, he's got, he's pretty, he runs pretty loosely for a big man, too. That's fair. He does get undercut a lot, kind of chopped down. Just because he rides so high when he's barreling through. Right. There's always the concern with Alabama running backs that they're playing behind, you know, routinely one of the best offensive lines in the country. Especially Um, this year being one of the best offenses, period. Yeah, I mean, that's a fair point. But, I don't know. I still liked enough of what I saw from him. I would use a second or third round pick on him. I'm with you. I was thinking maybe, like, third like early third, would be a fair spot for him, maybe even somewhere in the late second. Okay. Um, who do we want to move on to next? I'm not sure, honestly. I, I'm, I'm kind of up in the air with the third back go, there. I'm going Javante Williams. I think that's fair. Uh, Javante Williams. There's I've seen people have him as their RB1. I don't know about that. Really? He's definitely, I don't know, he fits the mold of the backs that I like. I don't know, I just don't think that I mean, if I can pick between him and, like, a Travis Etienne or even Najee Harris, I think I would pick one of them first. Listen, though, the man is violent. Okay? That's fair. Seen some... Listen, I'm a Miami Hurricanes fan, so I had to witness him just completely, him and Michael Carter, who we'll talk about in a second, just completely run over the Miami defense. It was... It was hard to watch after a while. I mean, the dude just, he, he looks for contact. It's ridiculous the way this guy runs. But, hes I mean, he has, he has a lot of good qualities about him, I think. I mean, I'm with you. He definitely is a lot more violent, and he goes after contact, like you said. Um, the biggest thing for me, I just, I don't know, his long speed really doesn't really match his, he's very quick, but he's not fast. Like, he's more of a one-year wonder to me, too. I don't know, uh, I don't know how I feel about him. Just because it's a lot like the Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb situation in Georgia, where you have like a thunder and lightning kind of situation. So it was a timeshare thing. Yeah. He shared carries, and that's no, something. Um, and Javante is, I mean, he doesn't have the best ball skill. He's not going to catch everything from his way, which, I mean, a lot of teams will see as a problem. And that's fair, especially in today's NHL. I almost said NHL. NFL. Um, but, I mean, like I said, a lot, I've seen a lot of people. 
see him as their running back one or two. He's one it honestly wouldn't surprise me if he sneaks into the end of the first round, if teams are taking first-round running backs. I think it would be stupid, but it, would, but it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, I'm with you on that. I think I, think I could see that. All right. Let's go to his teammate next, Michael Carter. Because I think, you know, there's, I don't, I don't know if there's much of a debate between which one of the two is better, but, I don't know, give me your thoughts on Michael Carter. I think in today's NFL, Michael Carter is the better fit for offenses than Javante Williams. Right. He's a smaller guy. He's more of like a Tariq Cohen to me, where he's kind of like... He's not that small. He's not that small, but he is kind of like that gadget kind of player where you can kind of use him on bubble screens and right. things um, like that. He's got the good stop-start speed that you want. For sure. His co- his cuts are really explosive, that's for sure. Yeah, and he run, for a man of you know 5'8", about 200 pounds, he runs pretty hard too. Not quite as hard as his teammate, but... Um, you know, he and he is a good receiving back for somebody who wants one. One hundred percent. Um My biggest concern for him was his work in pass protection. That's, uh, that's fair. I think that that's gonna be something that we're gonna have to address when we get to the NFL, just because like we said before, it is such a quarterback heavy league where we're throwing the ball a lot. Right, and he really really didn't break out until his senior year, which that could be both a good and bad thing, though. Yeah, it could, but, you know, it's something to think about. Um, all right. Well, let's go to, who do you want to talk about next? Demetric Felton? You know, I thought maybe Demetric Felton. But honestly, I think that my RB4 is Trey Sermon. Okay, let's talk about Trey Sermon. The only thing that I don't like about Trey Sermon, again, oh, you guy, I'm going to be a little biased, but I am going to try to keep it to a minimum here. Um... He's kind of a do-it-all back. He can protect. He's not. He's more of a jack-of-all-trades and a master of none, is how I'll put it. Um, the way that I view Trey Sermon is a guy who's going to come in and kind of be an RB2. I don't see him being a, like a productive starter in the league. Uh, but he can catch the ball out of the backfield. He's not the smallest guy. I mean, he's six foot 215. He's a big boy. Yeah. It's just one of those things where he's going to come in and he can be a good, like, he can be a good piece for really any offense. He Because he's a jack-of-all-trades, he'll fit anywhere. And that's why I think that I have him so high. Um, I think realistically he does maybe go third or fourth round at the highest. Did he have some injury concerns? He did have some injury concerns. Um, I think before he transferred from Oklahoma, he had a... I want to say it was a knee or an ankle. So definitely a problem with his legs, and he is a graduate student, so he, he was a graduate transfer, so he is a little bit older. Okay, which don't really want to see in a running back. 100%. But, um, he's not the fastest guy, again, but um, I mean, I like what I saw from Trey Sermon. Admittedly, I didn't watch him that much this year, but, and listen, we've never really seen him utilized in the passing game the way you want to see so, I mean, that's a big question is if he can perform, um, put up numbers in the passing game. But yeah, because it wasn't – I mean, he had some production, but it wasn't like – I mean, he wasn't elite by any means. It wasn't anything worth talking about, to be honest. No. Okay. Uh, and both schools that he's played at, I mean, Big Ten and then Big 12 as well. I mean, you got some pretty good offensive lines in those conferences, so that's something For sure. Can, you know. For sure. All right. Who do you want to talk about now? Uh, I took the lead on that one, so I will let you choose – 
Well, I brought up Demetric Felton. We'll talk about him sure. real quick. Yeah. Uh, is I believe he's a converted wide receiver to running back. I believe so. I yeah. could be wrong about that, but I mean, that's. Yeah, I'm sure that gets people excited about his receiving ability out of the backfield. Um, I guess he's probably he's a little small to be a receiver, so I understand why that ended up happening. He's even kind of small for a back because he's 5'9", 189. You might want to put on a couple more pounds of muscle. Um, very fast, good route runner. Like I said, former slot receiver. Um, we'll see because he, he, he has already put on some muscle, so we'll see if that affects the way he performs at the NFL level, but... Yeah, I don't think that putting on a few more pounds will take away from, like, the shiftiness and the no. quick cuts that he's got. Um, big thing, just because he is a converted receiver, I think that he's a little bit hesitant between the tackles. He he likes the outside zone stuff, but... That's fair. Running up the, up the gut doesn't seem like it's his forte. Right, that's fair. Um, last running back I think we're going to talk about today is Jarrett Patterson out of Buffalo. Oh, no, hold on. Before we get to Jared Patterson, let's talk about Kenneth Gainwell real quick because I think he's getting a lot of attention. Um, I think he's going to slip in on people. Nobody's Memphis, see him. Memphis running backs, I mean, they've been Tony Pollard, Antonio Gibson. They've been producing some running backs, you know. They have a claim to RBU right now. Um, so Kenneth Gainwell is 5'11", 195. A little on the smaller side, but that's fine. He is a redshirt sophomore, so he's young. A lot of people want to see that in their running backs. Um, like Antonio Gibson had last year, because Antonio Gibson was a converted receiver to running back, he has um, receiver-esque route running ability, which, again, we can beat home all we want that that's what teams want, but it is. Um, he's got elite agility. That's, I mean, I don't know how many Memphis games you watched this year, but that stood out on tape to me. For sure. Yeah, he was definitely not pinned down very often. Um, big thing for me, uh, it's obvious that he wants to run hard. Like, even though he's a small guy, he tries to, you know, invite contact and actually get out there and do what he has to do. Yeah. Um, he was an opt-out this past year, in case anyone needed to know that. Um, he's also not super fast. Um, I mean, he's not slow, but he's not really that fast for a running back. Well, yeah, some of those smaller guys, you expect them to be, like, bursting with speed. Yeah, um... Okay, moving on. Now we're going to go to Jared Patterson, and that'll be the last running back we cover, because it's... I think we're even kind of beating a dead horse already, <laughs> to be honest. If, if we missed anybody you wanted to hear about, I'm sorry, but it's running backs. It's not that exciting, guys. But, alas, we get to Jared Patterson. 5'7", 195, so he's a little bowling ball. <laughs> really little guy. Um... What do you think about Jarek Patterson? The biggest thing that stands out to me is he's that guy who has explosive, almost jump cuts, kind of like LaShawn McCoy back in the day, where he would burst through the hole, make that one cut, and he was gone. So he's definitely a big home run threat for me. Um, his vision is awesome. Um, the biggest thing is, in Buffalo, he was actually operating an outside zone heavy scheme, so that was like perfect for his skill set. That's fair. Um, this past season, he ran for over 1,000 yards on only 140 attempts. So, good for Jared Patterson. Some team, I'm sure, will take him in the mid-rounds, see what they can do with him. You know, 
He's going to be your scat back kind of guy. He's not going to be the big, you know. Said he's a real little guy, but he's quick and he runs hard. And that's, you know, somebody will like that about him. Exactly. He'll definitely be drafted. Yeah. Let's move on to wide receivers. Because there is a ton of them. You said we'll work through, you know, everybody we can. But, you know. I'm going to start with my number one. Um, I think it's Jamar Chase. I know there's a lot of debate right now on who you know wide receiver one is in this draft, but I think it's far and away Jamar Chase. It's absolutely Jamar Chase. I don't know why there's so much. Um, I don't know why there's so much people hesitate. I don't know why there's a speculation about it. I understand Devontae Smith won the Heisman, but Jamar Chase is a beast. He's a fucking. Yeah. <laughs> he's a freak he's, of nature. He's everything you want in a receiver. He plays like a grown man. I love it. Just look at the stats he put up his sophomore year. Now I know Joe Burrow was throwing to him. He had 84 balls for 1,780 yards and 20 touchdowns. 20. 2-0. For a sophomore, that's insane production. He's got good size, 6 foot, 201. Um, I mean, he, play, he, he plays like a grown man. Just watch the guy. It's ridiculous. He's, he's out there bullying SEC corners. Um, he's not super fast, but he's pretty fast. I mean, he's not... I think his speed's a little sneaky. I think it's one of those things where he's not the shiftiest guy in the world, but he can beat corners, and he did it regularly at LSU. No, oh, yeah, he gets off the line of scrimmage so well. I love watching Jamar Chase. No, he's not, like I said, he's not the... I mean, he's not perfect, no prospect is. He only has one year of elite production, so that can always concern people, but, man, that year was fun to watch. Yeah, that, that LSU offense was just ridiculous. And it was fun watching Alabama this year, too, because it was kind of the same scenario. They were Everybody was just balling out. No, I hope that, I hope that um, Cincinnati reunites him with Joe Burrow. That would be really I cool. I want to see it. I want to see it. Do it. I want to see it. I don't care what anyone else says. Fuck it. Who are we going with next? Who's your number two? Well, I have Jalen Waddle, but I have a feeling that a lot of people are going to disagree with me on that. I actually have Jalen Waddle above Devontae Smith as well. Okay, and why is that? couple reasons. I don't love Devontae Smith's size. Um, he obviously plays a lot bigger, but we'll get to him in a moment. I think personally, Jalen Waddle, just because a lot of the times I see him mocked to the Chargers, I would love that move, BT-dubs. Um, the guy is insane with the route tree, he's quick, and he's got a really good catch radius. Yeah, I've seen some people try to put him in, like, the Tyreek Hill kind of I didn't want to go there just yet, just because obviously we haven't seen him play an NFL snap. Um, honestly, the broken ankle, um, was still a little hobbling him. You could tell that it was obviously still bothering him a bit in the national title game when they brought him in. That's fair. Um, so that's something I think that, honestly, at this point, his ankle should be okay. Um, obviously, the NFL will do, <laughs> NFL teams will do their due diligence when it comes to making sure that ankle's okay, but I think he's going to be phenomenal in the NFL. Um, I agree with you. I mean, I love Jalen Waddle as a playmaker. Um, you're getting somebody who's really, like, he, he's a little undersized, but he can be a number one, I have no doubt. And he's going to beat press a lot. Let's go to Devontae Smith. I agree. No, I don't think we have a choice. Uh, yeah, exactly. Anyway, obviously the 
size is going to concern people. I mean, he's 6'1", but he's only 170 pounds, and he doesn't really appear to be eager to put on any more weight after that. Um, which, I mean, I've seen people say kind of similar to like a Marvin Harrison almost, which, I mean, if that's what you are, that's fine. <laughs> um, he's got ridiculously good ball skills. I mean, make I, the catches this guy makes are insane. That's fair. Um, realistically, he did play an X role in Alabama's offense, so, I mean, they had three other first-round receivers, and they had him in the prime position. Um, big thing for me, obviously there's the weight. I don't think that's something that's going to change, so there's no sense in kind of picking at it. Realistically, the biggest thing for me was he caught a lot of screens. Okay. And it was kind of like... A lot of yak. Yeah, exactly. It was kind of yak, yak, yak. It was one of those things where it wasn't like, I guess it was schemed production. Um, it was kind of like, hey, we're going to get Devontae the ball behind the line of scrimmage and let him just do his thing. Yeah, I just wonder um, how well he will do against more physical NFL quarters. Yeah, I mean, there's some reps that you can watch on tape where he did get kind of bullied a little bit by some more physical corners. Um, but, again, it's one of those wait-and-see kind of things because the guy is super fluid, especially off the line of scrimmage. Um, very natural receiver ability. It's just I want to see it get a little bigger and maybe play those physical corners a little harder. All right. Who are we going to next? I personally have Rashad Bateman. Okay. As my wide receiver. Or I don't know who you have. I agree with you. But um, Bateman came in a little smaller than a lot of people thought he would. Minnesota always had a size listed at like 6'2", 210. Turns out he's like six foot 190. Not as big as we thought. That's fine. It's fine. I've seen a lot of people comparing him to Keenan Allen. Um, I don't think that his route running is as polished as Keenan's. Um, but his release is really good. Um, he does have the quick feet so he can get away from corners, and I think that's where, where that comparison comes from. His routes are super, super clean. Um, I think that comes from just playing basketball. He does have a basketball background. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I like the physicality he shows. I really do. He's not fast, but, I mean, he he beats guys with his physicality and just the release. He goes up and gets balls. Yeah. That's going to be something that a lot of teams are going to be looking for, especially late in the first. Yeah, absolutely. Um, who do you have at number five? I have Elijah Moore. The slot receiver. I do. Okay. Ole Miss has a pretty good reputation with receivers lately. Yeah, they do. I think that Elijah Moore is, again, like you said, he's a slot guy. I don't see him being, your obviously, your outside option. Right. But I think he's just like a faster Cole Beasley, honestly. That's fair. He's super tough. Um, he's really quick. Really, really quick. He, uh, he'll he definitely take the top off of defenses, and that's something that a lot of teams are going to be looking for. Uh, I know a lot of people question if he can really, um, I don't know, get, I mean, play outside at the NFL level if he's going to be strictly slot. I would give him a chance on the outside and make him prove to me that he can't until I moved him in the slot because from what I've seen from him, I like him enough to where I'd try him out on the outside. I mean, yeah, he's, he's a tough kid. He might be small, but he, you know, he's got some fight in him. Um, mm-hmm. Big thing for me, obviously the height's going to scare some teams off, Yeah. but I, don't, I haven't really seen a lot of tape where he didn't at least try to go up and get it. Right. Um, he, he wants to attack the catch point, and I think that's a huge deal. Um, but he did have a lot of scheme production as well. He did a lot of over-the-middle 
he was like your Michael Thomas 2.0. Not a comparison. Yeah, I like Elijah Moore a lot. I think he will end up being a first rounder. I think he'll slip in there. I could see him landing in a you know I have, or something. Okay, can you done? Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> I have at six I have Terrace Marshall. That's fair. And I debated going back and forth between him and Rondale Moore, but ultimately I went with Marshall, even though I like Rondale Moore a lot. He's a tall receiver. He's 6'3", 205, with some good receiver size. Got a big catch radius. Um, he can make people miss after the catch, even for a big man. And he took over. I mean, he took over Justin Jefferson's role as the primary target in the slot this year and excelled at it. So, you know, if just. I mean, obviously, I'm not going to say he's going to be the next Justin Jefferson because that was, I mean, a total freak year he had. Right. No kidding. But um, I mean, like I said, he has weaknesses. Only seven games as the guy, really. Um, yeah, because in that big offense of 2019, I think he was, I mean, he played third fiddle. There was there was really no beating out Jamar Chase and right. Justin Jefferson in that and year. he did have some drops that you don't love to see. Um, He's got a little bit of a stiff hip complex. Um, I don't really love the rounded off. He, he rounds off a lot of, like, the hitches. He'll round off some cuts. Um it's not a, you know, super bad thing. I mean, you could coach that. You could, you know, work on a kid's hips. But that was something that kind of worried me as well. His route running isn't quite as polished as some of the other guys. Yeah. Okay. So, number seven, I got one of the most, I mean, just electrifying players in this draft, Rondell Moore. He's fun to watch. Uh, and, and I know we hate that take. We hate it. We hate the take because it's not a take. Stop saying fun to watch. But if there is one player you can justifiably say is fun to watch in this draft, it's fucking Rondale Moore. That's fair. That guy is ridiculous. Ridiculously quick, ran a... God, what was his 40 time? It was a 4-2-something. Oh, no. 4-2-9. I was going to say, it was either 4-2-8 four four two two or 4-2-9. Um, gets, gets the ball in his hands and just grabs some popcorn, grab a beer, whatever, and enjoy the show because it's going to be fun. Um... He's only 180 pounds, but, but that boy plays so big. he's so strong for 180 pounds. Like he runs like a like a bowling ball. Like I said about Jared Patterson earlier, he's like a little bowling ball, and he just, I mean, the way he makes people he and for a guy he's small, he makes people miss, and he'll go after contact and break through it too. It's exactly. And now we do have to get to the weaknesses. I think the biggest thing for me is I want to see how he does in the intermediate throws. Um, in some of the deeper passes as well. He did have a lot of over-the-middle type stuff as well. Obviously, being a small guy, he's going to play primarily from the slot and run a lot of underneath stuff. Um, but right. I'd like to see how he does in the intermediate throws. And, you know, more more polished route tree, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. He had a lot of scheme production at Purdue, but like I said, the way... Here's the thing. He had, like, a lot better Division One offers than Purdue coming out. Like, he was offered by Alabama, Ohio State. He was offered by a bunch of different schools. When asked why he went to Purdue, he said it was because that's who was going to get him the ball. That's fair. Mm. And, and I sure respect did. that. That man wants the ball, and he wants to make plays. Now, moving on, because we can't just sit here and talk about a lot, Rondell Moore <laughs> forever, yeah. as much as I'd love to. I guess Kadarius Tony would be my next guy. Yeah, there wasn't a lot for me that I was like, oh man, Kadarius Tony, just because. I don't know. I've cooled on him. I, I liked him at first, but I've cooled down on I him. I think I have, too. Um, he's really good after the catch. So you can run a lot of underneath stuff to him, and he's going to make plays. Right. He's an, I mean, he's an explosive guy. 
He really is. Um, fun to actually. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. but I believe he used to be a running back. Um, six foot one ninety three. So really, I mean, the same size as Rashad Bateman, which I was not expecting. Um, he's very good with the ball in his hands. Very good. And he rarely drops it too. I no. think. I think he has three career drops. Uh, yeah, um, he's another one though. Like to me, he didn't really break out until this year. Before, I mean, his production was pretty limited. Well, yeah, I mean, he did have a lot of injuries as well. He has a pretty. He's not a great route runner either. That's going to have to be worked on. Um, Just needs to be cleaner with his cuts and things like that. He's fast, but he's, I mean, the top speed doesn't match the burst. I think, that, yeah, he's more of an acceleration kind of guy, not necessarily like a top yeah. speed guy. And he's had some injury issues at Florida, too. I don't know if we touched on that yet, but, um, yeah, moving on. I think he's comfortably my number eight guy. Which, I mean, this receiver class is stacked, and we've got a lot of guys to get through. So sorry if we're cutting some of these guys short. Um, I have as my number nine, I think I'm going to go with Diami Brown. Okay. Who do you think? I like Tylen Wallace, personally. Okay, let's talk about Tylen Wallace. He's a real big dude. Real big. Real big. <laughs> he's according to PFF, he sits at 5'11, 185. Giant. Real big. The biggest thing for Tylen Wallace for me, honestly, he's just super explosive. He's another one of those kind of almost like a Curtis Samuel kind of guy, um, where he can run a lot of like you're gonna have to, you know, scheme this guy, but I'm just surprised you want to talk about an OSU guy. I know. I don't want to talk about him, but yeah. I watched a lot of Oklahoma State football as well and Man. One thing you have to say, production. He did average over 100 yards per game the past three seasons. Exactly. Very productive guy. Um, I think he'll be a second to third round pick. There's going to be, I'm telling you, there's going to be a run on receivers oh, on day two. There, he's going to be a... There is going to be a run. Yeah, I think he's going to fall probably somewhere in that, you know, late day two. Yeah. No. Um... Now let's talk about Diami Brown. Cool Out that. of North Carolina. North Carolina guy's getting a lot of love tonight. UNC. But Diami Brown is worth the love, I think. Some of the things you could say about him are the same things you could say about Elijah Moore. You know, primarily a slot guy. But, you know, um, we'll see if that transcends to the NFL level. Anyway. I think he definitely has the advantage with his release package. He's another one of those guys that's really crisp with his feet. Um, I think that he's going to at least be able to break away from a few corners and at least have some productive years in the NFL. Okay. Who else do we like? Well, no, we're going to continue on Diami Brown. Don't want to give him that little amount of time. Right, no kidding. No. I think the biggest thing with him is he's more of a deep threat. He's ran pretty much of a vertical tree. He fast. Uh, he he faith. He he make faith people that not faith. Four three five. Yeah, he's a quick yeah. dude. No, he had a four four six. I'm kidding. But I also the I think that he's just a touch undersized. Um, so he he's is, gonna be another one of those he guys. Is but he plays above his weight. He's tall but skinny. Kind of not as skinny as Devontae Smith. Um, he can release well. Um, he can create a lot after the catch too, which I mean, good for him. He was maybe Sam Howell's favorite target. Probable maybe. Early first round pick next year, um, Sam Howell. Um, who do you who do you have after Danny Brown? I actually like uh, the kid out of North Texas, Jalen Darden. Jalen Darden, 
I like I like where your head's at right now. It's a, another one of those things where he's going to be your short, shifty guy, but I don't know. I think he's just so fun. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it, but he's so fun to watch because he's very quick. He creates. He's very bouncy, and he can create different ends. He creates a lot of space. Listen, he was the guy for North Texas, which I mean, it's not saying all that. But go Mean Green. Not gonna, not gonna disrespect the Mean Green. I won't He's kind of just a freak athlete for me. Yeah, no, I like, I like Jalen Darden a lot. Um, I mean, he played at North Texas, so he wasn't playing elite competition by any means. He wasn't, you know, stacking up against J.C. Horn or any of the Patrick Sertans of the world. But there's so many receivers to get to. <laughs> right, no kidding. No, Jalen Darden, though, he, again, he's a smaller guy, 5'8", 174. Fast? Yes. <laughs> um, I like Jalen Darden a lot. I think it'll be, I think, I could see him falling into the second round. I think a lot of teams are going to fall in love with the production he put up. It was only one year of elite production, but, I mean, the guy was electric. Now, let's talk about a player I'm not too high on, but I've seen some people... Some people were at first, but I've seen it cool off on them. How about Tutu Atwell from Louisville? I honestly haven't done a lot of <laughs> well, research on Tutu Atwell. measurable, so let me read you this. 5'9", these are pro day numbers, I believe. 5'9", 155. Holy cow. You're going to have to put on some muscle, bud. Good lord. I mean, I don't, you don't need to be a balloon. but And here's the thing. At that... And listen, I'm going to sound like a total loser here saying, well, he's 5'9", 155. He only ran a 4'4", 240. But I'm sorry, if you're 5'9", I want to see I want to see low 4'3s, high 4'2s if you're that size. That's fair. You should be pretty explosive. Um, I think somebody will like him a lot as a deep threat, potentially. Okay. So, you know, maybe that's something to look out for. Um, again, though, that size. It's hard. I mean, he's, he's a good athlete, but... Like, we've talked about a lot of the guys being on the small end, but, I mean, 155 at 5'9", that's pretty rough. No, and he relies too much on his speed to get by people, too. I mean, that's... He doesn't he doesn't shape defenders well, so... All right, who do we have next? Who do you think next? I think, personally, let's talk about... Let's talk about Dwayne Eskridge out of Western Michigan. I like Dwayne Eskridge. Um, I do, too. Uh... You know, he went down, was he at the senior bowl? I don't know if he was or not. Um, he's fast, 5'9", 190, so short, but a little, a little stocky. Lightning fast, though. That's true, and he's definitely a proven deep threat. I mean, the guy is, I mean, like you said, he just blows by defenders. Yeah, no. He ran a 4'3", 840, so good for him. Um, all right, after Dwayne Eskridge, who else can we talk about? Maybe... Trying to go through a list here. Sorry, guys. Um, how about Cade Johnson from South Dakota State? He went to the Senior Bowl, I know, and he had a very good week at the Senior Bowl. Um, I know South Dakota State's not a, like, you know, powerhouse by any means. But he's I think he's another one of those guys who, he definitely helped increase his stock at the Senior Bowl. Like you said, he had an awesome week down there. No, oh, he, he has good speed off the line. Um, he's got a good catch radius. Um He's really tough for a little guy. I mean, 5'11", it's not like he's he is a, a red shirt. He is a redshirt senior, so he's a little older, but so was Terry McLaurin when he came out. That's fair. And, you know, go Terry McLaurin. 
he won't really make a lot of catches outside of his frame. Um, he's not the, I mean, he's not built like Kevin Durant by any means. The guy's got pretty short arms. He is a wonderful athlete, though. That's fair. And that's cool. Now, we got, I'm going to go with Dax Milne next. Zach Wilson's favorite target. Great route runner. Um, he's not the best at dealing with physical corners, but he does have good size. 6'1", 195. Would maybe like to see him put on 10, 15 pounds of muscle before he really starts to get loose at the uh, NFL level. He's got strong hands, great control. I mean, he makes he makes the tough catches. Um, he's not... I mean, I don't want to just box him into being like the next great white slot receiver. <laughs> but he's not very fast. He's not, a, he's not a yak guy. Maybe he ends up in, you know, New England and has a Julian Edelman type career. Or they'll reunite him with his boy. And, you know. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe the Jets will take him. Who knows? I like Dax Milmo. He was, he was, he was cool. Uh, he was, he was a good player watching. Because I, I watched a considerable amount of BYU and you, you are, you always noticed him. You know, you always, he always jumped off tape. All right, let's cover a few more guys here before we move on to the tight ends. How about Daz Newsome? I like Daz. UNC had a lot of really fun guys to watch. Just, as much as we hate it, we're going to continue to I'm say it. I'm just trying to, you know, he's a guy who I think, he's going to go in the later rounds, four through six probably. Um, he's great at breaking tackles. Um, yeah, he's definitely a good yak guy, big yak guy. And But he, <laughs> another thing, he... Somebody is drafting him exclusively as a slot receiver because that's all he's ever played in his career. That's fair. But, you know, that's a valuable position in today's NFL. Now, let's go to Josh Palmer out of Tennessee. And I hate talking about Tennessee, people, because Tennessee is a garbage school. Sorry, guys. Fuck the volunteers. I don't even... I'm not even, like, a fan of any of your arch rivals. Like, just seeing your hideous orange and just... Ugh. You thinking your team's relevant when they haven't been, and fucking, I don't even know how long. All right, let's talk about Trash Paul. Anyway, <laughs> ranch over. Um, he finds ways to win on the ball. I mean, I think he'll. I think he's been moving up some draft boards lately, so I kind of, that's why I wanted to get in. Sure. Um, he's drives low off the line, and corners can't square up on him. You know, he's 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 gonna be a good player in the NFL. I think he's got the ideal frame. He's six one two ten, so I mean, he's that physical guy that people want. Um, he's not going to shake any defenders because he's not the fastest guy. Um, but, again, I think... And he never recorded more than 500 yards in a season, but I think somebody's going to like him a lot. They're going to fall in love with the size and see what they can do with him. That's fair. At least get him in camp, see what he can do yeah, with him. No, absolutely. All right, now, let's go to Cornell Powell from Clemson. I think I think Cornell Powell is going to be another one of those mid-round guys. Uh, big dude. I mean, he's six feet, and he's, he's not the... He's not a giant by any means, but he's 210. He's a big boy. He's a redshirt senior, though. Yeah, he is a little bit older. Um, so he's been there a while. I think it's going to be, I think he's kind of like, a, almost like a, I don't want to cop into Strong Mike Williams. Yak. Strong yak. That's fair. I think he's more of like a Richard Matthews. That's fair. No, um, that's fair. He didn't break out until probably his senior year, and that's going to scare some people. Sure. But, you know, I think it'll be fine. What about Amari Rogers, his Clemson teammate? I think um, probably about a third or fourth round pick, maybe. Uh, Fair enough. 5'10", 2'12". 
So another smaller guy. Yeah, but he's got he's got he's got good weight. He breaks tackles after the catch. Very strong lower half. Um, good good. He can be a good deep threat, vertical threat. He's very fast. And he adjusts well to off-target passes. Those are his strengths. Yeah, his body adjustment is really good. He's not a great separator. I mean, he's got limited length. but Just because he is a smaller guy. I mean, he is stout, but he doesn't really use it to his advantage very often. All right. Now, let's talk about one more guy here. And this is kind of like low-key. Well, I mean, well, let's talk about two more because Amon Ross St. Brown deserves some love, too. It's because I like his name. That's fair. Amon Ross, <laughs> no. He'll be a second or third round pick, I think. Um, he's another one I see primarily as a guy who's going to step in and be someone's slot receiver. I think that's fair. 197. Um, he's got a full route tree. Have you ever seen the documentary on the Osiruses? I don't think I have. Or not the Osiruses, the St. Browns, because Osiris is one of his brothers. It's Osiris, uh, Equinemius, and Amon Ra, and their parents are just like absolute like fiends. They're workout units. That's like, awesome. They're both like super athletes. His dad's like a strong, like they're like Olympic strong. Like that's they, awesome. They have just built their this like they built this. They wanted their kids to be just supreme athletes. They've been like on diets and strict workout programs since they were children. Um, <laughs> he's not awesome. very explosive, but he has a good route tree. Um, he's got loose hips. He can separate well. I love that he's been productive since the moment he stepped on campus. Yeah, no, and he's he, always been. Uh, again, he's not consistent. He's not going to be great on the outside. He's not a burner, but I think somebody will be getting a reliable slot receiver with Amon Ross St. Brown. Now, the one last guy I wanted to talk about, KJ Stepperson, maybe the most interesting wide receiver in the class to me. Now, school is technically listed as Jacksonville State. Probably a lot of you don't even know who the hell KJ Stepperson is. Um, he didn't perform that well. I mean, he was okay at Jacksonville State. It wasn't off the charts or anything. He's 6'1", 185. Now, let me tell you about this guy. So, he was at Notre Dame his freshman year. In his freshman year, he started over Chase Claypool and Miles Boykin. This guy was a stud his freshman year at Notre Dame. I remember watching him, and then he kind of just disappeared. Well, he had legal issues. He had arrest and drug issues that have derailed his clear career. He only played one season, and that was a 2019 season over the last three years. He was going to play at Jackson State, so he was going to transfer from Jacksonville State to uh, Coach Prime at Jackson State. Coach Prime. <laughs> My guy. They're doing okay. They're doing okay. Um, but anyway, he was going to transfer there, but he just decided to opt out and prepare for the draft. Um, but this guy, I just remember watching him at Notre Dame and like thinking, this guy's a future first rounder. Obviously, that's not going to happen now. Well, yeah, because you're going to have the quote-unquote character concerns. But I think somebody, somebody's going to draft him in the, like anywhere after the fourth round and be getting an absolute steal. I think that's fair. It's going to be kind of like a Terran Matthew thing where it's like he has all the skills and all the tools that you're looking for, but he has those his character route, concerns. His route-running ability is incredible. Like It's just it's stupid how good of a route-runner he is. Um... You know, his his forty is a four or five, so he's decently fast. But you know, I there, I mean, there's things not to like. Obviously, the legal issues. Even though he's stayed out of trouble the past few years, um, his hands need to get stronger, and he needs he just needs to get stronger as a whole. But I think, like I said, if he's anything, any semblance of what he was. 
when he was at Notre Dame, somebody's going to be getting a steal. I, I, I'd be fine with my team drafting him. That's fair. Is there anyone else you want to talk about? As far as receivers, no. No, not really. Let's hit on one more, because I think Sage Sherratt deserves some love. Okay, sure. Because he had a good year at Wake Forest. Which, I mean, you don't say that very often. <laughs> fair enough. But, no, Sage Surratt, 6'2", 209, so he's got good size. Um, he's very physical, but he's not very fast. Um, somebody will take him in the mid-rounds and be happy with him. He's very slow. He's, he's a lead at the catch point, though. He can catch the ball. He's just not going to take it very far. Well, that's fair. He's going to have to make a lot of contested catches because the corners in the NFL are fast. And there's some concerns that he's too physical and he's going to draw some OPI early on in his career, which, I mean, it happens. Uh, yeah, it does happen, for sure. Now, let's go um, on. He was another opt-out, wasn't he? I, I'm i not sure if he opted out or not. I'm pretty sure he opted out this year. He might have. Now, let's go to tight ends, because this is the hardest one to pinpoint who the number one player is. I just, I mean... I don't know how we're going to figure it out. No. But. I mean, it's just... Why, why even do it? I mean, who, who's the number one tight end in this draft? Tell Ky- me. Kylan Granson, maybe? Hunter Long? <laughs> no, obviously, guys. <laughs> Come on, it's Kyle Pitts, and it's not even close. Kyle Pitts is a special player. He, somebody's, he's going to make some team very happy. Um, he, there's people who think he's going to step in and day one be a top five tight end in the league. Um, he's that good. 6'6", 245. Um, you could put him... I mean, he's damn near a receiver, just how good he is with the ball. Yeah, for me, he's just like a jumbo receiver, honestly. He's different than other tight ends. 100%. He... It, I mean, just his ball skills are just off the charts. Beats man coverage consistently, even isolated against cornerbacks. You don't get that out of a tight end. He's got a massive catch radius. Especially someone who's only 20 years old. Yeah, exactly. Um... He's, like he still said, has time to grow. I mean, this guy might... More of a big receiver than a true tight end. He's not the best blocker in the world. But who needs him to be? Um, yeah, in today's NFL, that's not a thing anymore. I've seen people say that he is probably the best non-quarterback in the draft. Um, maybe that's overselling it. I don't think so. I don't think so either. I think everybody's pretty spot on when they say if there's you know one Hall of Fame player in this draft... And they're going to pick one player and one player only. Kyle Pitts is that guy. That's the guy. No, he's insane. My team won't be getting him, sadly. Um, <laughs> Not even close. Shut your mouth. <laughs> All right, tight end two. Pat Fryermuth. I agree. Out of Penn State University. Pennsylvania State. 6'5", <laughs> 251. So, good tight end for size. He's very strong, but he's not agile. Um... He's more of a traditional tight end, like a... He kind of reminds me of, like, a Great Value Gronk. <laughs> great Value Gronk. Like, hey, Mom. I mean, hell, I'd take that. Hey, Mom, stop at McDonald's. No, we have McDonald's at home. We have Gronk at home. <laughs> <laughs> the Gronk at home, that's funny. He's good. He breaks tackles well. Um, he's He puts a, people down, he's too. He's a dominant inline blocker, too, so teams want that. And he can run routes... And he had a lot of the target share run through him at Penn State. That's fair. Yeah. Um, He's not going to ever be a speed guy. That's never going to be part of his game. Um, He has coupled some drops, too. So, I mean, that's a little concerning, but nothing I would be 
overly concerned about. He makes up for... He doesn't have stone hands by any means, but no. it's not necessarily the, you know, okay. sticky fingers you're looking for in a vertical tight end, but he's going to make up with that with the blocking ability and just the more all-around ability. All right, we're not going to talk about all the tight ends here, but let's get to Hunter Long. Because I think that he'll be the next one off the board for sure. From Boston College. I don't know why I said it that way. <laughs> but fuck it. He was always super productive at Boston College. 6'5", 253, so he's got the good size. Um, and he, he's got enough speed to win downfield. Um, he's a decent blocker, but he's not very agile or shifty. And he's not the best route runner of the bunch by any means, but somebody will be a... I mean, listen, this tight He's end, a smart blocker, too. He's not one of those guys who's going to, like, get out on his toes. No. He's really assignment sound, I guess, is the way that I would put it. No, and I'm just going to preface this by saying, like, it's it's a weak tight end class this year. Uh, this yeah. is what it is. He's what it is. We're only going to talk about probably two more guys here, and one of them is going to be Brevin Jordan out of Miami. Of course, we got to talk about the Miami guy. Well, I mean, he's a... He was, he, he was he played well. He yeah, deserves he, to be. He's a little, he's smaller for a tight end. He's 6'3", 247. Got the yak ability. Love the yak ability. He's quick. No. He's he's very he's, quick for a big boy. No, he's fast for a tight end. Um, like I said, he's he's got yards after the catch ability. He breaks tackles. Obviously, I watch all the Miami games, and he stood out to me, especially when he was... Just absolutely torching Florida State because anytime Florida State loses, America wins. Um, and that goes for you too, Texas. He can make cuts that are rare for tight ends. Like he's very, he's a very athletic tight end. I think he'll be the next one off the board. He's almost like a jumbo running back. Um, I love it. I've actually seen my my Washington football team connected to him as like a potential third round target because behind Logan Thomas, we have nothing at tight end. So oh, yeah, you waved that loss. He's in Cincinnati now. He was waived by Washington, though. He went to Cincinnati. Yeah, he was claimed off waivers. I know. We had him. It's okay. It's fine. He didn't play at all last year. You're right. We lost Jeremy Sprinkle, too, so I've been hurting about him. No, he sucks. Um, He's not going to be a blocking tight end at all, Robin Jordan. I agree. His ball skills aren't great. He's not the best at the contested catch. But I like his athleticism enough to where I am perfectly fine taking him in the third round. My biggest knock for Brevin Jordan is because of his size and his catch radius, he's not going to be the big red zone target that most people look for in tight ends. That was my only knock on him for real. Yeah, now let's talk about Tommy Tremble out of Notre Dame. He's our last tight end we're going to talk about here. I agree. Um, 6'3", 241. A little smaller, but he's a damn good blocker. All right? That's fair. He is. He's not the most productive guy in the sense that you think of like other Notre Dame tight ends like the Kyle Rudolphs and of the world. But um, like I said, if you want a good inline blocking tight end, he's good. He's fast. He's I mean he flies off the line. He is really quick. Um, he's not particularly shifty. Um, so as far as his route running goes, I don't think he's ever going to be like your vertical threat. It's really interesting. Like he ran a four six, which is fine for a man of his size. Sure. And so he's an athletic guy, but he's never really been used as like a production tight end. He's always been that like in line running game blocking tight end. For me, he's going to kind of be like that Kyle Uzcheck type player. Yeah. No, I can see that. 
I think that's going to be kind of where he fits in. I think he's kind of like a mid-day two pick as well. I don't think that he's going to light up anybody's draft board, but I think that he'll definitely go maybe third, fourth round. Yeah, no, I think he'll, yeah, he'll, he'll be day, day, early day three at the latest. Exactly. Now, before we go, since that is the end of our... Um, offensive skill positions. Offensive skill positions. Um, just want to congratulate the uh, hiring of uh, Florida International University, their uh, special team coordinator, Casey Horney. Got the job there. Wanted yeah, Co- Coach Horney. Coach Horney. He's going to have that special teams unit hard to play against. They're going to be so hard to play against. That's going to be some stiff competition going up against Coach Horney's special teams unit. <laughs> now, oh, gosh. I'm sorry we're being idiots now. But, anyway, um, what's on the docket next? Offensive and defensive line? I love it. Let's do it next week. So next week we will be here for offensive and defensive line. If you got anything from this episode, you enjoyed it, you like hearing us bullshit, be a friend, tell a friend, and until next time. Go Coach Horny.